Thanks for your testimony, uh, Gerald. Um, I was reminded of my own mortality this week when I put my back out. I was walking around like I had something nasty in my pants. It was, uh, it was horrible. Uh, and yesterday I had some treatment from a guy in Papamoa who does contact care. He trying to find, he finds um, places in your body where you've had a previous injury and it's just locked up. And often that can rela- that can help you identify where the pain is identify is, is coming from. And I described a motorcycle accident I had a few years ago, and um, I had a few broken bones, including a broken foot. And he says, "Which foot was it?" And you know, I couldn't remember. You'd think that with a broken foot, you'd remember which one it was. But I think it's a sign of my mortality and age that, um, first of all, I'm having these sorts of injuries, which ironically happened while I was doing an exercise that's supposed to improve flexibility. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exercise is dangerous at our age, I think. Yeah, and doctors. I remember remember going to the doctor saying, it hurts when I do this, and he says, well, don't do it. Simple. Erica took me to the doctor once and he came out and said, I don't like the look of him. And she says, well, I don't either, but he's been good to the children. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You remember 5th of November, we had a a magical worship time because we focused on Israel and we focused on praying for Israel. We, We sang the blessing song for Israel. And there was a wonderful presence of the Lord that came through. And it was almost as if he's saying, yes, this is what I want the church to do. I want you to pray for Israel. And all of us have probably seen and watched and seen Facebook feeds and, and, and been concerned about the situation in Israel. And we're probably a bit torn because we see all these Palestinian children being killed. And the thing is, is, is Israel doing the right thing? And are they, are they blessed of God by doing this stuff? And is the world right to to rise up and protest um, what's happening in Palestine and and, and protest for the rights of Palestinians? Um, and so it can all be quite confusing. And I'm I'm not going to talk this morning about the rights and wrongs of what Israel is doing, but what God um, God's attitude towards Israel and what our attitude towards Israel should be. Um, like Frank and Amy, I've, I've been to Israel a few times. Uh, in 2015 and 16, I was there on business, um, advising financiers on a, on a major hydro pump storage hydro scheme um, in the Galilee. Um, and I made friends with um, my client at the time, Ishai Hammer was his name, and I was still in contact with him during this period. And he explained to me some of the background to why Israel wants to hold on to the West Bank and and other things, and he described some of the, the cultural aspects. And we actually went to his house and had a had a um, one of the traditional feasts. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember having to wear a yarmulke, and and he he um, had recited these words that we all repeated as a family. Um, so Israel has a special place in my heart, and I'm I've been consumed by what's been happening in the last month and a half. So let's um let's talk a little bit about. First of all, the history involved. There's a lot of misinformation, and so so let me just um, describe what happened. Israel lost its land during the Roman occupation. So after Christ had died, the temple was destroyed. The Romans came in and put all of their pagan gods all throughout Jerusalem. They, inf- they infested it, and they changed the name of Israel to Palestine, 
as an insult to the Jews because Palestine is derived from Philistines and they saw the Philistines as the ancient enemy of, of the Jews and so they changed its name to Palestine. That's where the name came from. So over the next few centuries, Palestine changed hands a number of times. Uh, there were a number of occupiers, including the, the Greeks and um, uh, the Persians and the Ottoman Empire with the Turks. And it was, even, even during the centuries that it was occupied, there was always a remnant of Jews living there, Jews and Arabs together in that, in that land. Um, so by the time uh, the Ottoman Empire was destroyed after World War I, the British took over that mandate, so the British were occupying that whole land, um, uh, there, was, there was quite a number of Jews starting together. In the 1800s, the Zionist movement started. So you would have heard about the Zionists, this is the repatriation of, of um, the historical land of Israel. And the, you know, through, through generous donations of, of Jews living around the world, they started to buy land off the, off the Arabs in that area, and they started populating and they started reclaiming some of the swamp land and some of the desert. And, um, and this was where the, the Zionist movement came from. In 1948, Britain was... It had a hard time during the war. It, had, it, had, uh, it couldn't afford to keep all of the various territories that it, it owned going, and so it divested itself of India. Um, uh, what, other, what other areas? There was Africa, there was Asia, there was French. Anyway, um, they also wanted to divest itself of Palestine, which is a, a problematic place for it. Always, always a bit of trouble, and they had to spend a lot of money there. So, so they withdrew, withdrew in 1948, and they partitioned it off, and they gave some to the to the Arabs called Jordan, and they gave um, some to the Israelis. So, although it's a lot smaller than the land that was promised to Abraham back in the Old Testament, Israel accepted it, declared independence, and within hours were attacked by the by the surrounding Arabs who would not accept the existence of an Israel state. Uh, miraculously, they survived, but there were about seven or 800,000 Arabs who were displaced during that 1948 war, and they became the refugees that now populate Gaza and the West Bank. So that's where, essentially, they came from. So just to point out, um, Arabs and Israelis were living together in that land. The Arabs now claim that it should have been theirs, um, Israel, of course, has a historical link to the land through the Bible, through the, you know, King David, through Jerusalem, um, and so they believe it was their land and, and, it, and it had been taken from them and occupied all of those centuries. So this is this is where the background comes from. The the Arabs in that land don't accept that the Jews have any right to the land at all, even though legally they do and biblically they do, um, and they don't want Israel to even exist. In the Hamas Charter, the, the, one of the first articles is, talks about the destruction of Israel. And this chant, you know, from the Jordan to the sea means ridding the whole land of Israel so that the Palestinians, or so the Palestinian Arabs can live there. Um, so in subsequent decades, there were more wars. You would have read about them, the 1967 war, the, the Yom Kippur war, the famous one. Israel gained more land during those those uh, wars, in fact, they even took a big chunk of land from Egypt, the Sinai Desert and the Suez Canal, which they eventually offered to give back in return for peace. So that's why Israel has peace with, um, with Egypt now. 
if you look at look at the map, you can see the the area called um, the West Bank used to be um, it's called Samaria actually in biblical terms, but that used to be belonged to Jordan. Uh, they took that over um, on, during one of the wars, and they took over the Golan Heights. So Frank and Amy, I don't know if you've been up there, but um, it was explained to me by my Israeli friend that if if Israel didn't have the West Banks, they'd be extremely vulnerable to attack from the Arabs because you can see how narrow that, that land is. So the Arabs could just cut, cut off the north from the south because of that narrow strip of land along, along the coast there. And that's why they want to hold on to the West Bank. They don't really want to occupy it, but they feel they have to because um, otherwise they'd be vulnerable. Similarly with the Golan Heights, I mean that that you could, you could put gun emplacements there and just continually bomb into Israel from great height. That's why they want to hold on to it. So those two are called the occupied territories. And Arabs and Jews live there, but the Jews um, nominally have control over those areas. The Arabs in the West Bank are governed by um, what was originally, it's the Palestinian Authority. It was uh, Yasser Arafat originally. I, I can't remember who the name of the person who's um, running it now. And they have similar goals to to, the, to Hamas, though they don't they don't accept Israel's right to to exist as a state. Okay, so that's a little bit of the history. Oh, Gaza was um, Israel left Gaza in two thousand five. Every Jew left Gaza. They left it actually quite a prosperous little enclave with, I think, forty percent of Europe's tomato crops came from Gaza. Um, there was a huge flour market, um, but. Um, when Hamas came in, they destroyed all, destroyed that infrastructure for reasons unknown. So, this latest terror attack, the October 7th terror attack, which will probably be um, embedded into our memory, um, was at the behest of Iran. So, Iran saw its influence waning. Uh, Israel had already made peace with um, Egypt, with Jordan, with Oman, Morocco, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Saudi Arabia was about to follow. And then you remember in Iran there was all these protests with the woman not wanting to wear the, the hijab after one of is it hijab after one of their uh, one of the girls um, was killed by the police there. So they had all these protests through the land, and and Iran could see its power and its influence slipping even within its own country. It was weakening by the day. So it got one of its proxies, Hamas. It said, do something absolutely atrocious that will, that will um, prompt a harsh reaction from Israel. Make it, and the, uh, it'll be, dis whatever you do, make it despicable so that the Israelis will react so harshly that the world will then turn against Israel. Well, that's what we're seeing, isn't it? And, um, you know, the numbers that are being killed in Gaza some question about whether they're as high as Hamas is claiming, but regardless, it's a tragic situation. And we saw the pictures of the children who are surely innocent. They're not, they're not siding against Israel or, or hating Israel. Um, and so our hearts are torn, aren't they? But I have to tell you, the protests, the, the huge protests that are happening in England and elsewhere against Israel is not because of what they're doing, but because of who they are. So in, uh, where was it? Uh, Ethiopia last year, there were one and a half million people, uh, 500,000 people killed. You didn't see anybody protesting in the streets about that. You've got Pakistan evicting Afghanistanis at the moment. 1.3 million people displaced, no future, no food, no water. 
pushed out of the country. You don't see any protests against that. Um, when the United States um, attacked um, Syria, Mosul was just about flattened with huge civilian casualties. No protests against that. Um, so it's not about what they're doing. It's about who they are. And they're... Because they're Jews. That's, that's why you're seeing so much protest at the moment. So this is what you need to, to be aware of as a background to what I'm going to talk about now. So Israel, the nation, is very special to God. We read in Deuteronomy 7, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples of the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. It was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. The Jews are the chosen people of God and they're clearly loved by him, dearly loved by him. We read of God's promise in Genesis 12, I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. Right? So, you know, for all its faults, America is a blessed nation. It's the most powerful nation on earth. Why do you think that is? It's because America has been consistently good to the Jews, consistently provided aid, billions of dollars provided support. Um, so there you go. They've been hospitable to the Jews. So um, I believe that's why America has been so blessed, even though it's done so much horrible stuff. The abortion rate in America is horrific. Now, our connection with Israel. Well, Israel is the vessel that God has chosen to reveal his master plan for our salvation. Israel is the vessel that God has used to declare his master plan for the for the. For, the, for mankind. I, I think I've shared once before, but in, in uh, Genesis 5, there's a genealogy. So this is you know, Adam beget uh, Seth, who beget Enosh, who beget Kenan. So you pull all those words and you take the Hebrew meaning of those words and you pull them all together. So these are people who are born hundreds of years, over a period of hundreds of years. How could they have planned their names? And yet if you, if you um, add the meanings of their names, so Adam means man, Seth means appointed, Enosh means mortal, Kenan um, can be interpreted sorrow, Mahalel is the blessed God, and so on. And the message that you get from Genesis 5 by reading the meaning of, that, um, of those names is as follows. Man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest or comfort. Okay, man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest or comfort. Wow, that's the whole gospel outlined in Genesis 5. Can you believe it? God's plan for mankind, and it was revealed through Israel, through the Jews. We owe them a huge debt of gratitude. We wouldn't be saved except for the Jews. In Revelation 12, I think I've shared this before with you as well, but um, 
there's a bit of symbology here that I won't go into, but a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out with pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. Of course, the woman, the pregnant woman is Israel, and she's given birth to the Savior. All right, And um, the dragon stood, bef- stood in front of her so that he could take the child as soon as it was born and destroy it, because this would... Uh, destroy man, um, God's um, plan for um, salvation. So the woman, f- uh, her child was snatched up by God into his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of. Um, is it any wonder that the devil so hates Israel and seeks to destroy it when it has been the, the receptacle for the saviour of the world? Um, and uh, the hatred that the Arabs have for Israel is deep-rooted. Do you remember God chose Isaac over Ishmael for his blessing? Uh, it goes back generations, of hundreds of generations. Anyway, um, Israel will be restored one day. Christ is coming back and he's going to rule for a thousand years. Um, we have a part to play in Israel's restoration. Did you know that? Romans 11, this is our um, key scripture today. Romans 11, 13 to 15. For those of you who have Bibles. Romans 11, 13 to 15. Now I speak to you who are not Jewish. This is Paul speaking. Since I am an apostle to reach the non-Jewish people. I draw attention to this ministry as much as I can when I'm among the Jews, hoping to make them jealous of what God has given to those who are not Jews, winning some of my pe- people to salvation. So he's hoping to make the Jews jealous of what he has uh, in order to bring them back to salvation. For if their temporary rejection released the reconciling power of grace into the world, so Christ rejected the Messiah, it gave a chance for the Gentiles to be saved. Right? What will happen when Israel is reinstated and reconciled to God? It will unleash resurrection power throughout the whole earth. So there's there's power in and Israel coming back to God. So you've got to realize the decisions they're making right now are secular decisions. They're not made with the guidance of God. Even though God loves them and he has handed them, they're, they're a bit like a wayward child. You know, don't stop loving your son because he starts um, spouting nonsense or doing stupid things. Um, and God loves Israel. So it's through the love of God and loving and honoring his people that the flames of Jewish revival will come forth. And this is a responsibility that Gentile Gentile believers carry, one that's been entrusted to us. We are going to help God restore Israel back to his his bosom. And when Gentile followers of God embrace this mission, the results will be fantastic. Um, You imagine that Israel is restored to their Messiah, but also that there will be healing and restoration between Jews and Gentiles. And they can stop this destruction, this mutual destruction that's happening at the moment. So, let me conclude. Christians should care about Israel because God has ordained Israel to bring his word and the Messiah to Jewish and non-Jewish people. And we can participate in making that happen. We can't win over Israel by judging them. By no means become anti-Semitic like the rest of the world. We must 
We don't necessarily need to agree with everything that Israel is doing, but we support them. We support them in prayer and we support them morally. Right. So here's the, here's the sorts of things that we should be doing at this time. Correct misinformation. Quietly correct misinformation. Israel is not occupied land. There are two places in, in Israel that are occupied, the West Bank and the Golan Heights. That's it. That's the only part of Israel that's, that's um, occupied land. So when they're talking about from Jordan to the sea, I was, I was really surprised and disappointed that Chloe Swalbrick from our Greens party was quoting that mantra. Uh, really surprised. Um, we need to make people aware that this is a spiritual war. The devil is behind all this, poking Iran, poking Hamas, poking Hezbollah. Um, God loves Israel despite its flaws. We risk God's curse if we curse Israel. So be aware that the enemy will spread lies about Israel. We need to be awake to that possibility. Hamas uh, is giving all these casualty figures. Have you noticed that there's a huge disproportionate amount of women and children? Why is that? You'd expect it to be kind of 50% women, 50% men. Why is there a disproportionate amount reported on, on women and children? Um, they don't count... Uh, casualties of the terrorists that uh, Israel has among that total of the terrorists that Israel has killed, including children as, lo as young as 14 who are fighting for Hamas. So, you know, just, just take all that stuff you're hearing through the media with a grain of salt. The BBC used to be my trusted source for, um, for world news. It's anti-Semitic. You're going to hear biased reporting from the BBC about Israel. Just take it with a grain of salt. Um, there's quite a few stations, uh, including Australian ones, who are, are, are rooting for Israel. So, um, and New Zealand, yeah. Um, pray for pray for Israel. That they'll turn back to God in this hour of need. Pray that God would guide them, preserve them, destroy their enemies, and stay informed. I mean, Frank's last sermon on the on the feast of the trumpets was a wake up call. We need to be ready. It's like the ten virgins in that um, virgins in that uh, parable. Uh, you know, nine were apathetic; for, they didn't really worry about what was going on around them. But we need to be ready because this could be a sign of the end times. Um, if we read on in Revelation 12, uh, it talks about Israel being saved from a flood on wings of eagles. Well, what was the name of this Hamas attack? Al-Aqsa, which means flood. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Wings of Eagles, do you associate that with America? America's come to its aid with, with um, aircraft carriers and so on. So look, be, a, be awake, be aware. Know that God is moving in the situation, even though it doesn't look like it. And um, keep praying for Israel.